become like you, to become like Jesus. Oh, we thank you. That's my desire to lift up holy hands. Your will to understand your command. That's my desire. Yes, Lord, touch your lives tonight. Spirit, just like yours, always will endure. That's my desire. Touch our lives tonight, Lord. Touch our lives tonight. Touch your people tonight. At your command, that's my desire. Oh, praise your wonderful name. We praise your wonderful name, Lord. We bless your name. We honor your name. Don't let me thank you tonight in a special way for our Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father, that you send your, you love this world 
and you sent your only begotten Son to die in our stead to take our sins, to suffer the penalty for our sins, to die in our place, and Lord, to offer us salvation. We thank you, Father, for the sacrifice he made. And tonight, these simple songs remind us how important it is to follow the example of your Son. Help us tonight in this service. Bless every heart that's listening with us. And Lord, give us that, that spirit of Jesus in our lives. Bless this service we ask tonight and uh, the services over this weekend. Every song tonight focused on Jesus. And if I, when I sang the songs tonight, I didn't sing it to the Father. I sang the songs to the Son. Son. I imagine Jesus was there listening to me and I was singing to him. But you know, <clears throat> sometimes we sing just a song, we worship. Not good enough. Uh, we need to come to the place of being able to focus on what the service, where is it going. Every service has an identity. And I didn't tell Nadine what to do, but she got three songs tonight. And they were songs directed to the Lord Jesus. All three songs. And it makes me understand that, that Jesus should be our main focus in life. Jesus should be our main focus in life. Uh, for every child of God, the main focus in our life is to become like Jesus. That is what Paul meant when he wrote to the Ephesians. And I'm coming back to Matthew in a second here, but <clears throat> just bear with me up here tonight. Um, a few very important thoughts. And Paul writing to the Ephesians in Ephesians chapter 4, and he talks about the ministry gifts. And sometimes even the minister fails to understand that the focus and the goal is just like for himself is just like the people. Because what God's purpose of having the church is all about is to make us into the image of his son. And sometimes I'm the preacher and I forget, you know, I, <laughs> I'm going to just preach to you and tell you to be holy, but I'm not. No, <clears throat> it's a common thing. And so Paul said here in Ephesians chapter 4, he said, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. Um, verse 10, and he, verse 11, and he gave some apostles and some prophets. God give gifts unto men. And maybe tonight there are a lot of men with ability and talent, manufactured gifts. But if a person is called of God, God, give him, God gives him that gift. God raises up ministers for the gospel. But has there been any grace of God that the devil has not undermined and perverted? So when uh, Brother John told us 3,000 were added on the day of Pentecost, when 3,000 were added, you think 
they joined the group. You think all of that came into the church were all elect, ready for the first resurrection, people that give up their past? I can tell you what came on in. A bunch of people came on in, but some of them could not shake their Jewish tradition. And one day I will get back into tradition because today I thought about it. I'd like to call every church in the Bible that we read about the body of Christ. I like to call Corinth the body of Christ. I like to call um, the churches of Galatia the body of Christ. I like to call the seven churches of Asia Minor the body of Christ. I like to call Colossae the body of Christ. And when you look every one of these churches at different periods of time that got into the body of Christ, when you look at where they ended up, it gives me more caution to understand that every church that God started and made a part of his body, the devil eventually undermined and destroyed. So we, here in Mississauga, and wherever we are, we are not infallible. And so whether it's the preacher or the congregation, every child of God must have a common focus. And here is what Paul says. He says, when he ascended in high, give gifts unto men. God give gifts unto men. Not grandma, not the organization, not a movement, not the Bible seminary. That is why today we have manufactured preachers. We have manufactured ministers. Not God manufacturing them. See, God gave gifts. Uh, to be an apostle is a gift from God. To be a pastor is a gift from God. To be an evangelist is a gift from God. But the devil, when the Lord adds to the church those who were being saved, the devil brought in a bunch of people to see if he can get more. And that's where slowly, before you know it, the field was sown down with tares. And we have, if we, the devil adds more to the church, then the church is in trouble. So when I look at a church and one day I calculated the saints in the church and we looked like we were 90 going on to 100. And when I calculate a few years after I look at the church and we're down to about 60. And then tonight I'm looking at the church and we probably not even 20 in this Wednesday night service. Does it discourage me? No, it does not. You know, what surprises me when someone gets up and says, I love God, I love God, I want to serve God, and then they don't show. You know that liars come in all forms. Some are religious liars. Some are just blatant liars. But people make promises. But here is what consoles me. <clears throat> God must shake off the chaff. He shakes the church. So the chaff leaves. And every church has to be shaken so the non-elect can leave. And when someone leaves, whether it's your brother or your sister, or whether you're sitting down looking at the very church that Jesus started and he was telling them one day in John's gospel, he says, you have to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You have to follow my lifestyle. See, if I say the same thing to people, you got to follow my example. People say, oh, yes, yes, we got to follow your example, and they do their own thing. I read a book years ago, and it was titled Doing Your Own Thing. 
Well, if you're following the Lord, you can't do your own thing. That's the message I preach. Is that going to be incorporated in everyone's life? No. People love to do their own thing. It's not in man that walketh to direct his own steps, the scripture says. And so Paul writes here and he says, He gave gifts unto men, some apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and, he, and, uh, and, and uh, evangelists and some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? Why do we have church? Why are there ministers in church? It says, for the perfecting of the saints. That includes the preacher. And sometimes the last person to be perfected is the man who is doing the perfecting and preaching to everyone else. Stephen <clears throat> took a short time. But Stephen reached to that place that when he was ready to die, he said almost the same things Jesus said when Jesus was dying on the cross. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Stephen, when he was dying, he said, Father, he says, Lord Jesus, lay not this sin to their charge. Same thing. So it might take a man seven years to get to that place of maturity, but the preacher takes the longest because while God is working on him, he is preaching a beautiful lesson. <clears throat> the imperfect preacher is preaching a perfect message to the people, and that's what Paul was. And so, till we come into the unit to, for the work per perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Now, the body of Christ today might be called Corinth. But eventually, the body of Christ deteriorates and Christ is no longer the head of that body. There was a time when Christ, when the Lord Jesus was the head of Corinth. But after a few years and Christ was taken out of the picture, he was no longer the head. People were their own head. The organization was the head. The bishop was the head. And so a church can be in the body of Christ today and tomorrow it's lost. We've seen that from hindsight. Corinth, <coughs> gone. Galatia, Lystra, Iconium, Derby, and Antioch, gone. Body of Christ, one time, nobody the next time. It got shook up. Understand? You understand the message? You understand this lesson tonight? I'm giving you a lesson that by the time you go home, you'll understand that there is a purpose in us coming to church. <clears throat> We're not here in this world. We are pilgrims. I used to hear a song by the late Jim Reeves. This world is not my home. Of course, part of the song was good, and the other part he's going to see his mother or something in paradise. But, um, but this world is really not my home. I'm just passing through. And what God wants to do is to bring me into maturity. So what kind of maturity? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry at the same time, for the edifying of the body of Christ, whether it's Mississauga Gospel Assembly Church or any other Gospel Assembly Church or the church at Corinth. And so we're here, we call ourselves the body, 
But we could deteriorate and be lost being the body, lose that position as the body without even realizing it. Blindness, spiritual blindness, it's not easily recognized. And so it says, how long must we stay and let the church work on us till we come into the unity of the faith? We must be able to think alike, understand scripture alike, see things alike, make the same judgment. But you see, if you miss the, the worship, and so tonight you miss the worship. Oh, you felt good, but you miss the worship because I was singing these songs to Jesus. I almost wanted to tell Nadine to sing another one for me, Jesus, hallelujah. Because tonight, Jesus was the focus. Amen. Jesus was the focus. And, and when we understand it, don't let me fail you, Lord. It's all to do with Jesus. Uh, to have a heart that's pure. A spirit just like yours, Lord Jesus. And that is what we are striving to become. So when you sing that song and you didn't know you were singing it, too, you wasted the singing. <clears throat> I promised Nadine I'm not going to be obnoxious. Did I promise you? No, I didn't. Um, <clears throat> but you see, the reality is you can sit there and miss the whole picture and understand what you should really do. And you'll be in the church 40 years and don't even know why you're, why you're in church. So Paul said, till we all come into the unity of the faith, it means you must understand what the faith is about. All right? And of the knowledge of the Son of God. That's not a head knowledge. That's a heart knowledge. That is why when many shall stand before me in that day, Jesus says, I don't know you. Because there is not that connection with the Spirit of Christ. We're not here to warm the pews. Amen. We're here to hear the word and be edified that we can change when we hear the word, don't hear and then go back to your old lifestyle. You got to hear it. And by the time my life is over, I might end up with five people in church. If I have my life is ending up and I'm ending up with five people in church only, I'm better off than a lot of men that in the past that lived for God and preached. At Paul's first answer, no man stood with him. Jesus came to his own and his own received him not. And so he turned to the Gentiles and look what we're giving him. My God, may God help us. You see, if I was God and I sent my son and set him to die and make him sacrifice and he died for our sins... For the sins of mankind, I'll hold mankind responsible if they fail to recognize that and apply the salvation in their lives. And so Paul says, unto the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And that is what Paul meant in, in Philippians when he says that I might know him. And become in fellowship with his suffering. In conformity to his death. 
There must be some goal in my life. My goal is to become like Jesus. And so when we read this, we're understanding this. And when you become like Jesus, you'll be not tossed to and fro. Are you easily tossed? Do you see something on the shopping channel and still want to buy it even though you don't need it? Are you influenced by fashion and designers and whatever is going on in the world? If you are, you're tossed. My job is to put a stability in your life by the word of God that Christ be formed in you and his spirit develop in your life that you will not easily be tossed. And so what was the problem? The problem that we have is that when Jesus came, he told his disciples, he says, if any man will come after me, here is what you've got to do. The process starts with me coming to the Lord and accepting his, his, his decisions and his desires. I deny myself. Well, I can't do that. Then you can't be a follower of Christ. You have to learn to deny yourself. Then you have to learn to take up a cross on a daily basis. And you learn to follow him. Could he ever accomplish that with people? Yes. Because there'll be 144,000 uh, resurrected in Revelation 14. It describes them having the Father's name written in their forehead. These are they that follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. There'll be people on this earth... That will follow the Lamb as true disciples. Amen. But you see, when we look at the body of Christ, the body of Christ can deteriorate. And that is because we have decided that we need to not follow Jesus, that the Bible talks about we need to formulate our own Jesus. And two scriptures I want to give you. I've got five minutes left, uh, six minutes left. Two scriptures I want to give you before we move on, uh, before we close the service, sorry. And the first one is in 1 Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And Paul is writing in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Um, is everyone okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Now here's a church that started as the body of Christ. When Paul was writing to the churches of Galatia, he says, who has deceived you? Who has bewitched you? He says, I marvel that you are so soon removed from Christ, from following Christ and becoming like Christ unto gospel that I don't know what this one is going to produce. See, whatever gospel you preach, it's going to produce a result. If you're a joker in the pulpit, you'd have a congregation of jokers. If you're corrupted Jesus, if you've got a corrupted version of Jesus, and that's the gospel you preach, that's the kind of people you will produce. And Paul, when he wrote to the, the body of Christ in Galatia, he said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that has called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there were perverts in the pulpit. Everybody say perverts. perverts. He says there's some that will pervert the gospel. And they preach another Jesus. And so you understand that. And so the, the body of Christ today can modify a Jesus that accommodate, uh, you know, like I'm so glad Halloween has a problem. 
But you know, body of Christ can come to a place we send our children out and we just hobnob with the idolatry of 20th, 21st century uh, society and think, still call ourselves the body. In the seventh chapter of Jeremiah, Jeremiah told the people, you don't have to turn there. He said to them, he says, you say the temple, the temple, the temple. They glory in the temple. While we glory in the term body of Christ. Corinth did that. Galatia did that. Uh, Colossae did that. The church of Jerusalem did that. And it was good for a period of time. But the devil moved on in and undermined the churches. And before it was all over, they were not the body anymore. And so here Paul is writing and he's saying here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11... He says, would to God you would bear with me a little in my foolishness. Can you believe this man started the church? And he's telling them that I'm a foolish old man. Sarcasm, that's what it was. He says in, in verse 16, he says, Again I say unto let no man think me a fool, if otherwise yet as a fool receive me. Why would a church, how backslidden could a church or a fellowship come when a genuine man of God stands up, they don't want to hear what he has to say because he is contrary to the trend of their normal religion. Two minutes. Come with me here. It says here, he says, Bear with me a little my folly because I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy. He says, I'm I'm really jealous. And that's what happens to a pastor. When he looks for the congregation and people slowly start to backslide. And they slowly start to drift. And they were faithful for one time. And then they're drifting. He becomes jealous because the devil is taking away what he was trying to give to Christ. The virginity of the church is slowly being lost. The sanctification of the church is lost. Why is all of this happening? Let's read. He says, I'm jealous over you with a godly jealousy because I've espoused you to a husband, to one husband, that I might present you as a chaste, undefiled, pure, holy virgin to Christ. That's the job. My job as a pastor is to take you with all the mentality of the world and ungodliness and all this that's out there. Take that with you and make sure that by the time it's all over, Christ is developed in you and holiness is established and all of that is in you. Then he goes on here and he says, I fear, everyone, verse 3, two verses more. I fear, lest by any means, as the devil beguiled Eve, and this is where we'll probably take it off on Saturday night, as the devil beguiled Eve, and I'm going to talk about this on Saturday night. I've got a beautiful lesson. You see, tonight, I know what I'm going to talk on Saturday night until Saturday night comes, then I might change my mind. But you see, tonight, I'm excited about this. He says, the devil deceived Eve through his subtlety, so your minds, where does the devil work on? Your minds should be corrupted, not advanced. You might think it's advanced, but it's corrupted from the simplicity. Everyone say simplicity. You see, Jesus is simple. He's not complicated. He's not hard to follow. 
He is not theological that you got to analyze him and scrutinize him. But you can form your own Jesus that gives the ministers a different mode of preaching and give them a different spirit that when they preach, they have a different Jesus. See, there are many Jesuses in the world. I hope to God we follow the right one because the right one is simple. Say that. Simple. He is humble. Say that. He is meek. He is not arrogant, nor ignorant, nor haughty. He has maturity and modesty, kindness, and the fruit of the Spirit is filled in him. That's our goal. Deny yourself and take on the spirit of Jesus. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another Wednesday night. And we ask, Lord, that these words that we have heard will set a foundation, O Lord, in our lives and challenge us that we might be more serious when we come into church and be understanding as to what you want us to understand in church. Thank you for tonight. Help us to become like your son not to tread his blood under our feet, Father, but to respect his sacrifice and to pray that you would help us to become like him. Please give us of his spirit. Please give us his simplicity, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen.